everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Uh, welcome along to the show. It's a special show this week as Dan and I play you Stephen Kenny from our inaugural uh, live show in Lost Lane on Sunday night. Uh, we had a great night. Uh, it was in association with our sponsors as ever. Who I want to mention at the top, uh, Porterhouse Brewery put us up for the evening uh, on the eve of taps the new bar opening up uh, downstairs looks pretty cool future ticketing looked after all the tickets and uh, it was very well supported on the night uh, we had malone financial services as well backing us on the night and of course we did have last but not least uh, collar and cuff decking us out and lots of uh, praise be it warranted um, or unwarranted about how well Dan and I looked. But it was more about the guests, Dan. We had uh, we had Stephen Kenny. Before that, we had Chris Shields. We had Dave Webster and his cousin Owen Doyle, which we'll play to you next week. Um, what did you make of the night? How did you think it went? Well, I mean, are we, are we looking to give ourselves a review? I think we were great. Well, I mean, there's your review from mm. you. I'm not sure if we're best placed to review. Um, no, I think we enjoyed it. It was good to... Um, Good to press the flesh, you know. Yeah. Meet, meet some meet some listeners and um and and yeah, like we had we had a strong showing from our from our guests. So uh, I think it was I think it was it was well worth doing. I think um what's that what's that horrible rugby phrase that they use? Learnings, you know. Learnings. learnings. Yeah. Trust the process. Um, so um you know, had a bit of a pre-show G and T issue which we'd resolved by the interval and stuff and a few little things like that. Um, which if we do it again, all of those issues will be will be ironed out. But uh, yeah, I, I I think we've got a uh, we 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 uh, we're very appreciative of a lot of the feedback that we got from uh, from everyone who was there. Uh, seemed to have an enjoyable night, and, and the night did continue um, down the road um, for a period of time, which is why I mean, my voice was shaky enough on Saturday. Um, it was very shaky on Sunday night. And uh, speaking now on Tuesday morning, still shaky. So that's always a sign of a probably a good weekend, busy weekend. But uh, we're still standing. Um, hashtag shaky. Yeah, it's been it's, it's felt like a, a long weekend. But um, Stephen Kenny showed up, Dan, which I have to say I didn't really expect to happen when I threw the idea at him all those weeks last month ago. He did. No, he did show up. And you know, I think what we'll do is. On the other end of this chat, there's one or two news stories this week we're going to talk about. But I think a lot of people tuning in here will be tuning in to listening to, to listen to Stephen Kenny. And to be fair, in the course of this discussion, we probably did touch on some current events. We have his reaction to Keith Long leaving Bowes. We have some comments about Stephen Bradley as Shamrock Rovers start the group stage this week, which is obviously uh, the big event on Thursday night. And uh, I suppose we covered a lot of other things with our chat. So. so let's just go to it now. Let's go back to Sunday night at Lost Lane. And Stephen Kenny joined us on stage. And I should note as well that Chris Shields, who was part of the earlier slot with Webster and Doyle, we kept him on board um, for this section because we thought the dynamic between Chris and his, his former manager could be an interesting one. And I think that proved to be the case too. He, he adds a fair bit to this chat. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Welcome to the LOI Central Livecast with Dan and Johnny. And unfortunately, not but as always next time, what were you thinking coming on this? Genuinely. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. No, no, delighted to be here. Yeah, it's good, good, good show. You reminded me at the um, 
Rovers Dundalk game. I met you at half time in the T area. Your first game as long for manager, Jim McLaughlin was manager of Dundalk. That's how far back it goes. Yeah, it was amazing, really. Yeah, it was the first game. First game. Uh, they always had the League Cup, three game League Cup round robin. Uh, Dundalk were a Premier Division team. Jim McLaughlin was the manager. And uh, for my first game was Longford against Dundalk and Oriel Park. And it was uh, two, two very attacking managers, but uh, finished nil all the game. You know, finished nil all. But uh, it was a, a very proud moment to manage against such a, such a legendary mm. manager. I mean, mm. Stephen, like we were talking about a little bit down there that like, what age were you when you started managing Longford? 26, was this? Mm, 26? Yeah, it was, yeah. And you'd started Tallatown like prior to that a couple of years earlier that you've, at this stage, like you've, devoted more than half your life to football management. Do you ever think of that? Like people talk about the stresses, the demands, the all-consuming nature of being a manager and you've now spent more than half your life engaged in that world. Yeah, no, it is a huge privilege and at the time it was, um, I did get the Longford job. To be honest, nobody else wanted it really at the mm. time and I don't mean that. In a, it Longford were joking, like Longford were joking well, club. I wasn't the first one like to be offered it. A few people had turned it down, mm. and um, it, it was um, they had finished bottom of the league, the first division, a few years in a row, and they couldn't be relegated. So it was Re-election. a situation like that, yeah. So, mm. but it was a great club and a lot of great people and tremendous, uh, tremendous people in the area. You know, in a kind of way, it was really tremendous. Uh, you know, they built a stadium on on the back of that. It was yeah. just that, that was just a pitch with a, a railings around it. I, I used to, I remember like, shared, yeah. I was, so I, I, I found a match program of a game that's going out in Longtown. Does anyone remember Strokestown Road in the sort of 90s when the stand was basically two bus shelters? Yeah. Like, that's literally what it was. And they were re elected, they were a joke for club, and then it, like, as it, they were a joke for club. It was like, they, they, paid per, they paid players from Dublin to come down and, you know. Well, listen, it's, uh, you know, at the time, there's only 6,000 people in Longford Town and 30,000 in the county. And it's obviously very strong uh, GAA influence in the county. So, it was, listen, it was a different, but it was a tremendous, uh, tremendous period. And, and when I left, it had continued success after that. And um, they, um, you know, it was a great period in the club's history. And we, the community built a stadium because we mm. got into Europe. We had to move it to Dublin or not. And uh, we'd, we'd ha- help from... Um, you know, the directors at the time, Jim Hanley and Adrian Duncan, all these people, um, and the directors before them, um, you know, they're terrific. And they, they built that stadium, the community and actually built it, you know, physically built it. So it was, it was terrific. But the revelation was that this wasn't your first management job. Yeah, at the, like Longford, like at that time, I managed, I remember managing Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup final. and. Uh, years later, and all that, all that committee, all that Longford committee at the time, uh, that when I started, like handed, that gave me the job. They flew out and they came to the hotel before the game. That's lovely. Before the game, they stayed over, came and went to Hamden, and you know they, they, you know they were terrific. Your first but job was actually a Tala Town. Tala Town. Like you're, you're in your early twenties. Like what, what makes you decide I want to go into management at that age? Because you had played, like you know, you'd, you'd sort of being at Oxford, I think, on trial when you were younger and you were sort of a decent footballer, but what made you think, no, no, this is my, this is my route, this is where I want to go? Uh, yeah, I know it's, I find it difficult to answer the question. Um, it's not something that I answer easily. 
uh, I just knew what I wanted to do. And um, at the time, it was quite ideological. We wanted to put Tala into the League of Ireland. Wow. That was, so I, I had a house at the time. bought a house quite young. And, um, this is a different time. Like, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Showing your yeah. age here, like. I know, I did. I bought, it, bought a house quite young myself and my wife, Siobhan. Stephen Troy over here, like. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I know, yeah. So, we... we well, I was 20 in fairness. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, 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 at the time, I invited um, all of the best players in Tallaght to the house. And Who was that? Big then? crew. I'm not going to name all the names now. <laughs> and we, I sat, sat them down in the house and said, listen, we want to put talent in the League of Ireland and we want to do this. And, but they'd have to drop down three to three or four divisions to come. You know? So it was a big debate whether, well, fellas were saying, well, I'm not dropping down. Like, I think it's two or three years to get up to the division. Were they good players? Like? Be, yeah, we, we, got, we got up to three divisions <laughs> and we went to, into the top division outside of the league. And then... Um, but Rovers came to Tallaght and actually and took over the club, actually, believe it or not. And uh, then, you know, that was what happened, actually, believe it or not, and took over the school section and all that. But that was, um, that, you know, so that, that's, that, that's actually what happened. So we, we, um, that, that was a good, you know, good experience for me. Yeah. Mm. Were you much of a footballer? No, not sitting beside this fella. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, has he ever joined? Did he ever like, these managers like join in to sort of get into the sort of rondos or whatever in training? Did he ever sort of step in? Oh, once or twice, Steven stepped in, but no, he managed. He managed everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, euphemistic there. Yeah, no, Steve, like he said, he knew what he wanted to do, and that was manage, not play. But like Stephen, did you have people telling you you're crazy to go into it at that stage? Like this is a mad thing to do. Maybe your dad. Yes, uh, I did. Yeah, yeah, you know, but. Listen, you can't predict. You have to go with what you think is right. And uh, it was, everyone thought it was ridiculous, you know, mm. at the time to actually to do that at the time, you know, to, with the options I had. But listen, it was um, what I wanted to do and that was, that was, um, that was it. Mm. Why did you make the League of Ireland at that time? Because this isn't actually very well, well known. Well, well, I just thought, at yeah. the time, I thought, like, Tal had 100,000 people in it. Mm. And I thought, listen, the crowds are really poor at all the matches. We had a successful team, mm. home base. We'd have bigger crowds than anyone else mm. in Dublin at the time. That's what I genuinely felt. Um, because there was, you know, well over 100,000 people in the city. There was poor crowds at matches at that time. And mm. I remember thinking, like, there has the potential to be at least... Uh, crowd was as big as anyone else. When you took over longer uh, then what was your knowledge of the Dublin kind of non-league scene to know that you could sign all these players that like you, you were probably confident that you could do a lot better than Uncle Rudu? Uh, listen, yeah, I, I signed them. Um, I actually signed the, the whole team that I signed, none of them had played in the league. None of them? No. You know? That's mad. You know, so it was basically um, players that had played in uh, the under-21s and, and that, you know, so it was a lot of very great knowledge of the under-21 league and so forth at the time. How would you sell it? Lenser Senior League. Some people just wanted to play, you know, a lot of, oh, sorry, that's, I'm, I'm wrong about that. Stephen O'Brien, the goalkeeper. Digger. Digger, yeah. Digger had played a couple of times for Shelburne mm. and, uh, and we had two players, a couple of players uh, from, from the vicinity at the time, from Longford, the Devlin Builders, they, they played a bit at the time as well, mm. Mark Devlin and Leo. But at the time, um, uh, yeah, there were, m most of the players are from, um, from, from outside the league. 
Because mm. you mentioned like you, your first manager you came up against was Jim McLaughlin. Was there many other sort of younger managers around that time or was it very much, I'm trying to think back to that time in the League of Ireland that it was, you know, there was what Damien Richardson would have been, sort of shells, would have been a sort of an older, an older contingent. And I'm mm. saying the contrast to now where there's so many managers at the moment probably in their their mid-30s sort of starting off on their journey. Like, you were a little bit of an outlier at that stage. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to get the aim in Andrews. This is your life treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting that. Isn't it? I'm expecting that. Bar closes at four. I thought, I thought we were coming on to discuss the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've actually got, we've got yeah. all your ex-Longford players are coming yeah. out now in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the old and cleric part is come home, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, um, it's, um, it's, it, it, it is mad, um, Vinnie Pert was one of the players at the time, mm. of course, and he was he came in, him and his brother Paul, Paul mm. Pert, two two good players that came in at the time. But um signed Vinnie from Cherry Orchard at the time. But the um I, I was coming to Dublin Airport yesterday and I actually met one of the players, um, you know One of the Longford players. Yeah, Wesley Bourne. I, mm. I didn't know you're working here. You know, he said, you know, um, he said, Yeah, I'm working here six months, uh, you know, in, in the airport, and I didn't know. And you know, he was a, he was a terrific player, mm. uh, left back, terrific. Mm. Let's well, so talk about the league at the moment, then, and the, the fact that the two year on the couch together, like this Thursday coming, or, you know, next Thursday, Shamrock Rovers start off in a group stage campaign. They play Jurgarden. Um, no matter what's happened in your football life or what happens in your football life in the future. Is 2016 always a year that sort of journey you went on together? Is that something that will always stick with you? Those adventures like Alkmaar and Maccabi Tel Aviv and, and Legia and everything that went with it. Bad Chris, day, Chris Shields made him. Like, Chris yeah. Shields was the man. Like the, um, yeah, I, th- I think the whole period was a, was a special period, wasn't it? That was brilliant. It was just because no one had done it the way we'd done it. You know, we didn't play a Europa League game until the group stage. Everything we done was right through the Champions League. To mm. even I say there's some lads Olympia. You know, we played the Champions League playoff game. Had we done that, we were in the Champions League proper. And some find that hard to believe. Mm. But everything was just on the crest of a wave, and everyone was like like an idiot. Everyone was singing up the same hymn sheet. You know, everything just was. We were really really good when we at crucial times. And you know, to retain the league that year as well was was huge because. Mm. A lot of people thought we'd drop off and say, no way, can they come back both? And we did that brilliantly, which was a big feat. And then, obviously, we had the, the cup. You know, we were seconds away from penalties and a big deflection kills us yeah. in the cup. Like, stuff you think, as a League of Ireland player, you're never going to do. We did that year. Well, for me, anyway, I never thought I was going to go play a, mm. an important game in Russia. I yeah. could never see myself doing something like that. For me, it was, it was overdue, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I felt that was always my ambition to get to the group stages and I felt an underachievement having not done it. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it was very important to do it. And it was the culmination of sort of years of work, if you like, you know. So we were delighted. It was, a, it was amazing. And of course, we knocked on the door of the Champions League. We... we Probably. It's mad to think like you could have. I mean, when you think about it, like you could have won that tie. Like Down to 10 you, had, you had Kieran Kilduff injured. Yeah, that was throw on Michael losses. O'Connor. Like when you were chasing the game, he got injured midweek in a tackle, and it was a big loss, wasn't it? For it was us to yeah, have that just option before, just a couple of days before the Champions League match against, but it was it was a big loss. But listen, um, the Champions League was 
you know, we were so close to that. But Europa League was a brilliant experience and um, it was uh, very, very special. And the Rovers players will, you know, these are great games for them, these, these next six games that they play. Um, and they'll, they'll be huge, uh, you know, they're games they can really look forward to and uh, they can really make their mark. Yeah, and Stephen Bradley spoke recently. He mentioned, like, you would speak to him occasionally. Like, what do you think of the job that he's done? I mean, he's someone who started, again, in management very young. He was sort of thrown into it in a sort of a... He had to be talked into it initially uh, at a pretty young age. And now, like, he's, he's had the, the banners at one point, you know, calling for him to go. I think you were, in the, you were managing the dock that night in the, in the 5-2. Enough and yet is enough, wasn't it? Yeah, enough is enough. Mm. And... Uh, what Gavin, this fellow called Gavin Bazunu, apparently is a decent player, played a couple of weeks later, and it's funny how, how it happens. But what do you think of the job he's done and how he's managed to sort of turn that around? Yeah, and you know, Sherman <clears throat> um, Crawford's obviously has so much going for him now as a club. You know, it's uh, it's very impressive. Obviously, the ground, the forts. You want all our grounds to be four-sided grounds. Mm. You know, and that's that's mm. important. Like obviously. Um, I said to Chris, what's it like playing in Windsor Park every week in the in such a stadium? And he says, fantastic. Like, you want all your grounds to be four-sided grounds. And, um, you're not despair looking at Oriel on Friday night on national TV. And you're know, like, yeah. The pitch is black. Mm. It's actually black. Like. But, but the thing about... The, the thing about uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you're he's just under- moving on by that smoothly there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, just just ignore him, right? <laughs> the, uh, I've been trying that for six years. To be fair, it's, it's always in the crowd over there. The, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's uh, where were we? <laughs> we were in Oriel and it was black. But um, no, the, prior the, to that, the, 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 the Stephen Bradley, Stephen yeah, Bradley, no, s- Stephen, yeah. Stephen's done a terrific job. He's, he's um, obviously uh, I didn't realise till. Um, you know, till this year in Europe that he was manager six years. Yeah, I hadn't realised because like oh, oh, the maximum I ever had at a club was Dundalk was six years. Like mm. that was uh, so certainly it's. Um, I didn't realise it was six years there, and um, certainly he he you know had a, got through the tough period, stayed with it, and he's obviously got a terrific backroom team, and he's managed. Uh, you know, the thing about this season has probably been is that sort of the creative. Creative players haven't been available, or, or mm. the, the you know Jack Bourne, of course, has had an injury. Graham Burke has been injured. Danny Mandrew, obviously, or, or Garrett Hoyley, um, as a potential player, um, is uh, was injured as well before he went, and then Roberto Lopez has been injured as well. Yeah. So, you know, the, I suppose it's been a collective effort. Really, there's no, you couldn't say one sort of individual has shone. But Rovers, it's ever their whole squad has come to the fore, I suppose, and that's um, like even their, their sort of more experienced players. Uh, Alan Manis has rejuvenated in goal, and rejuvenated uh, at forty. Like Gary, man, O'Ne- Gary O'Neill, it's sort of can be done. Yeah, Rory Gaffney's probably having his best season probably in his life at twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's um, so it's been a sort of it's unheralded players probably have come to the fore, if you like. Yeah. Um, and it's been a sort of collective effort and they've done well. So um, so they have a, a lot of depth. Obviously, Sean Hoare has been very good this year. I've been very, very impressed with Sean Hoare. 
Yeah, he's done, done very well for them this year. And, uh, um, but they've a stronger squad by, by, by some distance. Yeah, because you, you spoke to a couple of us recently. It was sort of a press thing. And you did offer the view that maybe they haven't had like that outstanding rival at home. That maybe they haven't got to the level they can get to because of that, if you know what I mean. That that sounds like an inherent criticism, but you know when you when I, when you read it, you say, Gee, you know, I didn't, there was no intention made of yeah. criticism. But the point is that, um, like probably in the last couple of years, they, they won't have come to because the last couple of years, Bohemians probably it was an achievement for Bohemians to finish second last yeah. year. It was even Pat St. Patrick's to finish second. Derry potentially could be a real rival. Uh, you know, I know there's. Uh, Next year, you know that kind of way. Derry could be a rival next year in a, in a major yeah. way, and and so many other clubs. I'm excited about next year in the league. I always felt like Shamrock Rovers were the strongest by some distance this season. Um, Are they better than Jordan Dogside? No. You can It's difficult to compare. Like, how mm. do you expect me to answer? No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> Chris Shields can answer that question. Like, so, like, you know, like, how do you expect me to answer that question? I know like, it's happened in like, Ireland, like, but I think uh, you, you, you can you can talk about. Uh, teams from different areas, and it's very hard to compare teams from 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 different areas. But I d- I do think that uh, looking at um, and I was only four points in it now with Derry. Well, yeah, the, the Friday night's result is sort of true. But I guess like what did Cork City do for you guys? Even Chris, yeah. like that rivalry, did that sort of you know you're going in to check the results on a Friday night, and okay, I know maybe 2018 it wasn't quite as intense, but that sort of 15, 16 period, and 17, of course, when they won. What twenty one out of twenty two? Like, yeah. what did they mean to you at that at that stage? It's just good, like you said. You're going in checking your phone, and they're always there. They never, you never seem to drop points. Just when we were thinking, oh, sent against Galway United, Julian. Like yeah. 20, 20, <laughs> 20 games in, they there's your Galway tangent, lads. Yeah. yeah, Gary Shannon. <laughs> Gary Shannon was the one all mm-hmm. draw. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. It was just they. They always seemed to be right behind us, and then if someone's right behind you, you have to keep pushing. Whereas. Like you say, Rovers, like they you were say, it's not, it's not a criticism yeah. because they're so good, they're so far ahead, but they're not really being pushed because mm, yeah. there's no one right behind them Steve, at the minute. Well, Stephen Bradley said on Friday after the game, people like, you know, it was there, he felt it was the worst performance of the season in terms mm. of the flatness. And he kind of wonder, is it just a subconscious thing that that's going to happen once or twice that they're, they're quite comfortable and the Europe coming around the horizon on Thursday. And mm. I don't know, maybe if it's a two-point lead at the top of the table, is it a different performance? You know, it's sort of hard to... <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is possible. I suppose Cork um, and John Caulfield molded, you know, an exceptionally strong Cork team in that period. And I suppose they Johnny Maguire, Carl Shepard, Stephen Dooley. They sort of... Buckley and Buckley and, and Gerard Morris who are unbelievable athletes that's trying to get after you. And people like Colin Healy who's doing a great job there mm. at the moment. Like so they, they well you know, a lot of good players. So they were they were they were relentless and you know they they, they did push us in that period. And Shamrock Roberts had a good team as well at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, under Pat Fenlon and, and, and that they were they were strong and um you know and, and under Stephen Bradley then for the period. Uh, so they, they were strong and, and there was there was other strong teams. But it's not a criticism, Shamrock Rovers. It's not their fault that nobody's really pushed them. Um, I suppose it's just that the <clears throat> Dundalk have faltered off and come back a bit this year under Stephen yeah. O'Donnell. He's done a terrific job, and um, no, no one else has really stepped up, stepped up into that. <laughs> What's we, it like for you to see so many of your ex-players now as managers, though? Like you mentioned O'Donnell and Higgins and players that were in your dressing room, and they're now. I suppose going through that sort of transition into that other stage of their life. 
But the obvious ones, like, would, would you have said, yeah, I can, I can see it with him, I can see it with him, that they'll go that way? Yeah, I think that there isn't always, um, you know, people think that they see a captain who will roll up his sleeves and give everything and, and have, he might set standards in the dressing room and might have great values as, as, as an individual, but they don't always, you know, translate to the best managers. It's really, you find, I personally see sort of the, the students in the game, the people who actually live and breathe football and think about it uh, tactically, or infatuated by the game, who actually love the game in that way, um, probably become managers. And O'Donnell and Higgins, Stephen O'Donnell and Murray Higgins, probably just talked about football 24-7. They They're boring. Like, Chris lived with them. Did you live with them? I lived, sure, they topped and tailed for the year. They <laughs> shared a bed for the year. I was next door to them. Yeah, they did talk about football non-stop. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, Higgins or Stevie had a room downstairs. You just never used it. So they used to top and tail every night and just chat football and then you'd hear them giggling at like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then like Higgins I'd imagine like Ted and Dougal and Father Ted with the Ireland shirts I, having a like, chat in the morning. The, like, night, yeah. the, the night we played Cork for the league decider, uh, Higgins and O'Donnell, I think they were up around half six, seven a.m. like excited for the game and I can just hear them chatting away. So, and what was your mindset to, to you're completely different? I was, I was quite young, so I was like, like 23 then so I was like yeah. I wasn't as a, like they lived and breathed it, like, whereas I was just loved playing, but yeah, they, yeah. everything was off the pitch. No, I think Chris as well, though. Chris, Chris on, on a football quiz, you're, you're, you're an encyclopedic knowledge of a football quiz, aren't you? Yeah. Gary Chan, yeah, yeah. one all there. That's actually impressive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chris, 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 you know, Chris doesn't get that impression, like, but he <laughs> certainly... <laughs> <laughs> Talking, talking about night, nights out and all the rest, but he certainly. Uh, <laughs> Let, let's do so. He, he certainly no. He he is. Uh, you know, he knows every knows every player. That, Why did you hold you on know? to him? Was it him and John Mountie from the team you inherited? That was it. That you kept on. Stevie and Peter. Stevie McDonald. Peter, Peter. Charlie, Yeah. So there. There was, okay. So the, why did you? Were you under contract? So you couldn't get rid of you, no. or was it? Like, <laughs> uh, no. Did you see the player that? I, I, I don't think anyone saw the player, maybe... I, I didn't see the player that he became, because... Uh, did you see the player? He wore five because you were centre-half, right? Was that mm -hmm. how you ended up with the number five? Well, yeah. I, I think... I, had, I, I was lucky enough to have a great owner, Andy Conley, and obviously Paul Brown. Big Paul Brown, owners, yeah. But Brilliant. Andy Conley, Andy Conley at the time, and obviously Chris was there. The, Chris was captain there the year before. He was only 21, 21 really. yeah. It was yeah. tough, and there was a bit of stuff where it was a lot of flack, wasn't there, in, no. in the direction, and... A lot of that, and, and, and you know, <laughs> you it was tough, it back wasn't it? as well. Yeah. It was tough, wasn't it? Like, we were in the fans are mad. And Andy supported me brilliantly, but you know, he's always, he's always he's, you know. He's I gotta that, ask you, were you on the floor after Overshot when they gave no, you the job? I'm not, I'm not, certainly not. No, were, you, were, you, were you in a bad place, or were you like, were you, were you itching to get back in? I told you, I'm not talking to you, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Ting come on, can we get back in time? <laughs> but Ting, uh, I thought we were talking about Chris Shields being an improved player, right? This is where we went to. Got one, left field, like, you know? Yeah, but, uh, certainly, the time. The, I was telling the story, it's, it's hilarious. The thing about... The thing about better no, be now, like. no, no, Andy, the, the owner said to me, actually, at the time, just shows you, and, and Chris knows I'm Ali, I'm not saying, he just said, Stephen, um, I'll back you signing all the players, but I think I'm making it. You know, I don't know with Chris Shields. I don't see it. 
you know, at the time. Remember that that is the exact. I don't see it like it. He's been here a year and it hasn't gone well. And like you need to rethink that one. Do you know what I mean? You know, and uh, that's mad. You know, and and uh, and he said the time, and and I said, I, I think to be fair, it was just that there was, um, but I. I heard David giving me credit for turning Chris around, Chris's career around, but that's, I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think, uh, to be honest, he showed an um, incredible attitude in that period and became, you know, one of the best players in the league over a, a long period and um, longevity. You had nine years, had you, Tundo? Nine and a half, yeah. Nine and a half years. Nine and a half years, so he did that. <coughs> but, you know, he, we signed him, I, I knew... <coughs> at Bray he'd been a box to box midfielder and um, and then he played at centre half a little bit hadn't you yes, well, fill in <coughs> and there was a club in England looking at you at the centre half wasn't there at the time Carlisle Carlisle and Carlisle it wasn't Roddy was it <laughs> I, was, I was told it was Roddy <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I I knew he could do uh, you know do two the, the two jobs because we haven't got the biggest squad and, mm. but he he really he um you know, he deserves all the credit himself. What was but your favourite performance? Under Stephen? In, in for the dog, yeah. Jeez. Oh, like, personally, like... European performance. But you remember, I always remember that... Maccabi, Tel Aviv and Tel maybe, or Zena. Zena. Everything was just in the crest of a wave, and mm. anything I seemed to do went right. Like, I always remember, sorry, 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 sorry. Dane Massey's yeah. header against the post, right? If that goes in, the dog are 2-0 up, they've probably going to get seven points from their first yeah. three games in the Europa League and you're like is this really happening and it was that close like. but Chris I was going to say do you remember that time I think Martin O'Neill came into the dressing room after you after you beat Batte mm. and like, he came in and he gave a nice sort of compliment but what, what was he said to you it was something like oh, you'd be a He's yeah, a like good player if you can pass it or something so, yeah, like that. So I really like you. You'd be an even better player if you could pass the ball. <laughs> and, and like, were you sort of laughing at that? Or was part of you going, oh, I was like, ha <laughs> get you, Martin. <laughs> 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 no. Is he dressing dirty, is it? No. Uh, <laughs> James and Tina have I took it. Like, I took it. And going, but, like, he, like, but like, but like, I remember like the 2020, I mean, uh, to mention performances, like, I remember Vienna away. Yeah, that, that was that was I don't know and, and it was actually like your passing it was things that maybe wouldn't have been attributes that would have people would have referenced earlier that was to the fore at that stage if you know what I mean yeah no it was it was I actually remember the night it was probably right no it didn't have a great best night of passing that night and then it became this thing and people thought I was going to be a bit offended but no, I was like a tongue-in-cheek comment and kind of you just have to go on and prove he was Ireland manager at the time so no, it was a bad type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, because in that game, the thing about what we had to do at that time was uh, Chris played with Stephen O'Donnell that time. In we the never played together. No, he did. Like, you know, but not, not all the time, but like definitely did. And certainly the... Uh, he, he um, Did you the, play them much together? Yeah, I did. I did. And we've used them differently as well. Sometimes Stephen played on the left of the midfield three sometimes. But the um, Chris, uh, we the reason... Because we lost 1-0 out there. I know away goal is gone now, but... We knew if we played Batte, and if they score, we're dead. Yeah. Because if they if, we, if they score one nil, we've got to get three. Yeah. And they sit off. You're not getting three. You're not getting three. So we went into the game stay to stay in the game. No, we want not to stay in the game. We went to. We knew they'd drop <laughs> off. <laughs> we knew we'd win. 
I love hearing Kenny say Batty Bar song. No, we 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 wanted to we wanted to dominate possession really. So we were battered in like you were battered. No, we want believe it or not, we had to dominate possession in our own half because we we don't we 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 didn't we didn't try and penetrate them in the game and and get picked off. We we just concentrated on key overloading the, our own half and, and we just kept the ball our own half for long periods in that game because we knew if we as it went if they scored early we were gone so we wanted we needed to stay in the game but we needed to we, we, you know Stephen and Chris with that with our back four so that's six yeah. <clears throat> Sean Gannon Paddy Barrett Andy Boyle and Dane at the time that six um, absolutely uh, just were, were very comfortable on it they kept it and uh, and then we had the the um, Ronan Finn, I think, was was was, was that game, didn't uh, he? And, oh, and Daryl were dropping in, but the um, you know, but we needed to really then counter. You know, we needed to, you know, we, we got Daryl Horgan away a few times, and he put a great cross in for David. Then they and David scored brilliantly, Dave McMillan. And when when they came at us, then um, it opened up, and it was a proper match. Proper match and made the best team win. It was one of those. Then once we got that goal, they were at, they, you know it was it was it was we were level, and then both teams then had to go and win it. What was your favourite of the European nights? Uh, they were all, like so many special ones. Hard to hard, hard to hard to pick one. It was great to actually get to to, to win that one because mm. we knew we were in the Europa <clears> League. <throat> and it was a you know lifetime's ambition to qualify for mm. for the group stages. So it was. Um, it was, it was that was important, all right, to win convincingly three 0 against a team who beaten us the previous year and knocked us out, you know, and were, were regarded very highly because they've been in the group stages eight years. Ago. Alexander Hleb coming on like at the end and all like it's like but, still had it. But yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and just trundled off the pitch at the end because they knew like. Mm-hmm. Mm, but the players, it was this was a special group of players that, mm. but I'd, you know, you know, there were a lot, a lot of a lot of tremendous characters in the in the, in the team, and I, I was very lucky at the time to manage mm. them. And at the time, did know. I hear you say before, Chris? Was he hard on you? Were you the type of player that needed that sort of type of treatment, or what was the dynamic there? It wasn't sort of yeah. arm around the shoulder with some, but maybe with you, it was yeah. Like different. you knew he could give it to me like if I, if I needed it and some players are like that I'll take on the chain and say right, well, I'm going to prove him wrong and you do it out of stubbornness or just to prove Stephen wrong like I'll show him what I can do whereas some other people might not take to it like that that was the way we worked so well under Stephen he knew basically everybody individually how to deal with them in different circumstances there was a good um, good anecdote from Stephen O'Donnell about your management when one of the early games um Keith Ward, as is his want, like probably tried to. Wardy had had a line one time where he said, "It says a one in one hundred chance I'm going to make that pass. I'm going to go for it." <laughs> and uh, he, made, he he was having a bad game, and Stephen O'Donnell kind of looked over at you and said, "You fucking take him off, will you?" And then on the Monday you called him in and you said, um, "I was just looking at the replay of the game the other night. You didn't play that well yourself. So that's how you dealt with it." That actually, that's true. Yeah. You obviously have a way of man management. Yeah, but I think... Uh... And, he, and he, signs, he signed Wardy at Dundalk. 
Mm. Mm. Just, just well, on, you, you thought it was hard on you, didn't you? Very hard. No, hard. I wouldn't say hard. I mean, obviously, I'd go, I'd go home and moan about you to my wife, like every, every <laughs> <laughs> like every player does about the manager one way or another. Yeah. But like I'm saying, you'd be I, well, I was saying, I was very hard on Chris at the time. But Why? Like that was. Neither. He, he was such, no, he's such a strong character that you know, you knew that he could, you know. Anyway, listen, we, we, I went after you fair bit, didn't I? But like at that time, but. You were. What? It was the, you know, it was it was the, the dressing room dynamic. It mm. was it was it was that like you you uh, and the stronger characters, Pat Hoban and yourself. And, and would you call Hoban a strong character? Very strong character. Well, he, Chris knows him well. Very strong character, isn't he? What would you call him? A moan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was good when Stephen would lay it on Pat and give it to him, but then Stephen would leave the room, and, and then we'd have to we'd have to listen to him. <laughs> But, no, but listen, I didn't. I didn't know we we're gonna uh, as deep, a deep dive. We haven't got started yet. Yeah. We haven't but got started. We're, we're, we're speaking. Speaking about the the league uh, and the thing that's you were asking about the young managers in the league and and the the thing I like about it is that it's not that they're young. Like like for example, Liam Buckley always had a good philosophy of how his teams yeah. play. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily having to do with age, but. I think the values that, they, that a lot of them have, like, so you've got a lot of them next year, the end of their second year. So I'm actually excited about next year. I think I think Rovers will be too strong this year to finish and win the league, but there you, you know, there you'll push them and it'll be good to have a contest. But uh, I think Rovers are too strong. But the, um, I, I, you know, when you think about Stephen O'Donnell at Dundalk, it'll be his second year next yeah. season. Rory mm-hmm. Higgins, there you'll be his second full season next season. Uh, Tim Clancy is doing so well now at St. Patrick's. And you know, really uh, doing well. Like I think his be second season next season. Yeah. Dam- Damien Duff coming in second season at Shelburne. You know, and I'm sure he'd be really relishing. You know, understanding the league, understanding what, what players, and then and then improving your squad. I think that John Russell's coming at Sligo. Okay, mm. it the uh, you know, and he'd be looking to build on that. And obviously had that big win over Motherwell, which was a big win. Then you've got the Bohemian situation. Obviously, Keith was there eight years. Keith Long. I was going to ask you about that actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he's, uh, you know, he, he, there's no reason why he couldn't have stayed on and rebuilt again next year because you have to continually rebuild squads, um, you know. And I think, um, but whoever whoever goes in there has a great opportunity to, to to build a squad. But so when you look at all of those sort of young managers, I like I like that they're like they're not all they don't all play the same way. Some of them play with a back three. Some of them play with a back four. They're different different systems, but they all like players who can pass the ball. They all like players that can pass the ball, and the you know it looks like there's Stephen Bradley of course at Rovers, you know the, the, the you know they love to outpass teams, you know so and and he's been so successful. So they all like players that can pass the ball, creative players, and a uh, big emphasis on individuality. I think that's critical for the league to develop. Like obviously the big thing is grounds in the league. We need stadiums, but if you talk about the actual football itself, mm. you need coaches who actually see the game in a particular way. And and it's great to have so many uh, coaches who who are progressive in the way they think and 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 want to play that way because for a long time it was in our DNA all this stuff about it, it's in our DNA the suits a direct style of play we heard at international level at club level we heard you can't have a, a team that will win the League of Ireland I used to have that like you can't have a team that win the League of Ireland that we built in the back you know and that was that was people saying those sort of things and you know and. Um, that's um, that piss that piss you off like oh, 
Absolutely. <laughs> but like it did, yeah. You know, Almost I'm as much as you do. Get on. People tell me I'm too harsh on Johnny, but it's great. Like, Kenny's just got involved and got stuck in. I'm happy with this. I'm, now, I'm yeah. actually anti Kenny now. <laughs> <laughs> but, did, I mean, would you. Like, what would your feelings be towards like Keith Long this week? I mean, football, mm. we talk about the industry and how harsh it can be. He was almost eight years in the job, mm. and you mentioned like your six years was the longest at any yeah. club. Like for Keith to do almost eight, I mean, Ollie Horgan is actually longer, but after that to Bradley, like it's, as you mentioned, you've listed everyone else going into their second season almost. Like what are your feelings? Like, because Keith, and, it was and, just... And I wasn't ignoring the other managers. I was just talking about the ones... Kev Doherty as well, just to mention, like to no. be in his second season next Yeah, year. I was mentioning the... the teams actually have a chance of challenging yeah, them. Yeah. You know, like all of those have a chance if they rebuild their squads and challenge them to win the league. Yeah. If they believe it and they have conviction in themselves, they, they, they are, they're all capable of winning the league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, um, I didn't mention Kevin O'Drada because that's a different job. You've got to keep up your team. They're doing a terrific job and all, all the yeah. and people like that, they do. And, and Andy Moyle, they've got to keep their team up. That's a different job. As Dan said, what you make the long situation like, yeah. Like I, I was talking to Aidan Fitzmaurice last night at Dan's 40 who mentioned like, and, and this is lost, Keith lost his mother in sort of March or February and Aidan made the point that Keith kind of went straight back into work like, so you had that grief to deal with and then you had all these players lo- like, and people forget about these things like you've you all these stresses in your life as well and it sounded to me like Keith's kind of interview after his last game that he, he himself was kind of struggling in that he didn't know that he was the answer anymore and it's tough like it's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the case like, but... Um, I think they obviously had the obviously attended all the games last year in the Aviva where there were tr- three mm. terrific home European games and you have that high and then you want to build and like I thought it was terrible that he wasn't allowed managing the FBI Cup final that was a big thing uh, this I could, year I couldn't no, believe it no, last you know? year when he was sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, I mean, they lost yeah. on penalties he's only been in one final that's his first yeah. final when you get the chance to be in finals and he's like up that, in the and he wasn't allowed to be in the final mm. over s- s- some disciplinary thing which is very minor, but it should have been until the first league game of next season. Mm. I don't agree with that at all. I did. I thought that was that was very disappointing, but that he couldn't be. But because it might have made a difference for Bohemians, you know, the key, you know, as well. You don't know yeah. these things. Your manager, manager's not in the line. But they, they probably had they won the cup and the only penalty shootout away, and have lost two FAI Cup finals on penalties themselves. So I know, you know, the margins are are, are um, the uh, are so fine. They they. Uh, the fact that had they won the cup, they could have gone on. But then, just they lost so many players, and that was a sort of recurrent team. It was a constant rebuild, yeah. and uh, there's no reason why he couldn't rebuild again next year. Obviously, they, they added a lot of players in the summer, but that's probably a rebuild nearly for next year. The players that you do add in the summer, you know. Yeah. So just on yourself and um, your in your current role, because obviously there's going to be a lot of interest in that. We've got games coming up at the end of September. Like, what have you been at in the last week, sort of scouting wise? And I saw someone tweeted me earlier today that reference that I think maybe Nathan Collins and Gavin Bazzuni might have been the only two Irish players to feature in the Premier League this weekend yeah. like which is you know that's tough so I don't know who have you been going to watch in the last week or what's the typical week at the moment yeah although, although we, we probably have less players that have ever played in the Premier League than we have now but we have so much optimi- optim- to be optimistic about as well because all of the players that have come through mean we've got a, a selection dilemmas you know, obviously, it's the 16 players that have come in and made their debuts over the last year and, and a bit, um, you know, all of a sudden now we have genuine dilemmas that 
in in right throughout the team in terms of picking the squad. So we have we you know we've a lot of potential. You know we've a lot of potential as a team. The uh, this week yeah I was at four matches this week. Um, uh, Luton and Wigan yesterday. Uh, James McLean's five hundred league game was actually. That's uh, mad. You know, yeah. yeah. Five hundred league. And you game. and you were there at the start. I was. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And and that's got back to the thing. The league cup. I don't know how that was just jettisoned. Yeah, the you start know? of the season. Yeah. Because that, yeah. they need to reintroduce that. Like James McLean made. I think his, Julian the goal United fan. Ja- 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 James James McLean made his debut in the league cup because that's why you know. Yeah. And uh, young players get their opportunity and they do it, well. It actually was a great start. And then and then they get you know and the cup finals are always brilliant. They were live on TV, full houses. Mm. And they were always out, out, outstanding. So the League Cup is, is something that, anyway, that's where, just. Where, where, where else were you this weekend? Yeah, uh, I was. I was in Birmingham um, midweek uh, against Norwich. Andrew Amabamadeli and Scott Hogan both scored. Mm. Scored one each. So it was a good match to go to. And Thursday, I was at Coventry and Preston. Try parrot Robbie Brady played really well. Uh, left back, left wing back. What true. about yeah? What about Robbie that's Brady's reserve? Yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, and and you have a dilemma and there as well. Troy Parrott and Alan Brown, of course, was playing, and, and actually Greg Cunningham, a Galway mm. man, mm. played well. Left centre. Another ball we mentioned. But the uh, <laughs> the uh, no, I know. Why United? The the, uh, the um, and then Nathan last Sunday, seeing Nathan uh, in that Wolves game, they conceded right at the dead against Newcastle. Yeah, seeing that game, he did well. Is that good to see Robbie Brady back? Sort of. Yeah, himself. no, it is a plus. It's a definite plus, you know. Um, you have obviously Ryan Manning as an option next. Go United left wing back. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. We have we have some good options there. You know, with a bit of comp- that's the point of the competition. Is the point? Can I can know? I interject this? What have you made of of Ireland under SK? Absolutely rejuvenated. Like I had no not no shame to say, but. I didn't take him much heed in the international window when it came around. No, no disrespect to our great managers like Mick McCarthy, Martin O'Neill. It just didn't really suck you in. But the way Stephen has Ireland playing now is just it's exciting. Like you look forward to international windows now because obviously Stephen being my own manager, you want to see Stephen do so well. But how we're playing and like the games against Portugal were, were brilliant. It's edge of the seat stuff and the confident swagger of players that. Some say journalists or pundits, what he said, he's not capable of that. But how Ireland play now is just—it's brilliant to watch, and you know the results are coming, and you know the proofs in the pudding now. You packed out Aviva's and the places are rocking. I haven't seen the Aviva, you know, in such a good atmosphere in a long, long time. You'd have, you'd, have, you'd have to say though he's, just, he's, he's just like Stephen just to talk I mean we are sort of a, it's a League of Ireland show here and I suppose people, I can imagine people sort of wondering like you, we talk about the standard of players that there is now there's a very good young crop coming through like Bazunu, Collins you can name them you know, who you would expect to spend a lot of their career at the highest level like people here would love to see League of Ireland players involved in the squad this is obviously one of the discussion points is, is it going to be harder in the coming years? When you come into the job, did you think, yes, there's going to be League of Ireland players in the squad, maybe on a regular basis, but then you actually get into the, you look at your options and you realise, now I've got actually some pretty good depth here and it's, and it's hard in some cases. Yeah, and a lot of, we've seen um, a lot of players leave the league so quickly, yeah. you know, which is his, um, I, I think, um, we we haven't had enough players obviously from the league in the squad and we that you'd hope that improves. So I think with the, mm. with Brexit and the players can't go now until they're eighteen, I think the 
it's an opportunity for for it's a big challenge. You know, it's a big, big challenge. Like, you know, for for the Irish clubs, and it's been well documented. I know Mark Cannon, the new technical director, <coughs> he's been nine years at Premier League as a as a you know overlooking all their academies. You know, and obviously the, he's working. Obviously, John Morling's in there with him at the moment because he was Brighton's academy director. So they they um, they're looking at ways of you know improving everyone's academies now and bring it bring it to that level and if you can have all these young managers with who are who, with loads of ideas who can you know get the best out of all these players coming through and try to qualify for the obviously the, the conference now mm. Chris you've nearly got there like you know it's so fun like I know I didn't I didn't mean to bring that up Nobody like that. <laughs> Johnny but, got there already. It's uh, okay. It's right. I know. I know yeah. that was that was hard, but it's it's quite attainable now for yeah. you know you see people invest in clubs and obviously, does, does the obviously Galway. Uh, sorry, Dan. Da, what was that? No. The academies, like if, if government support did come in from academies, like um, the, the sky's the limit for. No, they, they, you're right, Johnny. You're absolutely right. That that's a big a big thing, and you definitely need that. And that's, where, where has there been much government love for the League of Ireland? In your lifetime, not to my, I don't, I don't, like, how many politicians will say, oh, I'm a League of Ireland fan? Maybe it's getting a little bit more, but, like, it was a poor relation. Yeah, yeah, I know, uh, no, you know, we know all of that, but, and that is, that, that uh, Michael D. Higgins has been amazing mm. as president, you know, no, been really amazing. And I think that, we, we do know that, but I do think with the current regime of, Regime's a strong word, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, follow this regime. <laughs> no, I'm not a spoke. I'm not a spokesman. I'm just the international manager. But I think the, the uh, I, you know, I, I don't know everything, and I don't know, know everything that goes on. But obviously, the funding has increased dramatically over the last couple of years. Hopefully, it does again. And then, the, related with, with the FAI, the government seems to be good at the moment, mm. and that's that's you know that's developing the. Relationship and mm. hopefully it can an extend to really pushing the academies to be to be you know to be really top class mm. and um, for players to, for clubs to because I mean I'm sure even yourself with Galway the Comer brothers coming in great people, like people coming in like that Dermot uh, Desmond coming in the, in the in the Shamrock Rovers a lot of uh, obviously new owners at Waterford so people mm. investing in the league because they can actually see. The pot, like there are different reasons for people investing, obviously, and and so forth. But the, you know, there is a the into the Europa League is is amazing. Can you get to the Champions League? Uh, that 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 can that's still you know a possibility. But even the Europa Conference now is they're they're great matches for Shamrock. Mm. Yeah, no, like it's, I mean, you know, it's, they're, they're like they're, they're proper, they're fantastic games and. You know, so that, that it's quite attainable now. You know, do you think? Yeah, I mean, you look at the fixtures on paper and think they can give it a. They can give it a go. Yeah, no, I did, like obviously I don't. I, I'm not. You know, I don't know where how strong Mall they are now in yeah. Gardens and obviously Ghent, isn't it? But yeah. and they're all obviously all good clubs. You know, they've all won their in the their national leagues at some stage. You're not kind of way. Yeah, Mall of course when they in the Champions League against Sligo, weren't they? Mm. At one stage, and when they, when they won the league, twenty thirteen, Solskjaer, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know Ghent, yeah. They weren't. They weren't they were amazing. Like they the, were, the Belgian oh, league. Yeah, were they? Mm. The no, this was. Yeah, because Chris mm. played against them in twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah. They were in their group. They're very good at home, especially. They're right. 
What was that time players. like at Dundalk with the with all that upheaval? And it was like it just seemed from the outside looking <laughs> in, it was it was different to 2016, maybe. It was different, and then you had no crowd, empty stadiums. Mm. Thing. Like you imagine, there wouldn't have been a sinner in Dundalk when we went away to Arsenal. You know, it would have been mm. handy pickings for burglars in Dundalk that weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, the away end would have been full. He would have had everybody. We were just thinking the night before trying to imagine how many people would have came for this trip. and mm. It wasn't to be, but we enjoyed it. Now it was, it was a tough old stint. And it was, we probably weren't as well equipped as a team to go and get points in the, in the groups mm. of 2020, but still it was a memorable experience because <laughs> we could have got, we should have got something in Vienna. And we, we, yeah. Silly mistakes cost us all the way through, but... That time was a bit, it was just slightly different mm. than 2016. But it just shows you at Linfield, even Chris, that he's lost two games and still couldn't, like, so Lin- mm. Linfield, if they win the league again, if you think of next year, you're over conference, yeah. isn't it? You always said the yeah. champions path is the best way, so yeah. Yeah, you'd say by Shamrock as well, yeah. it's all about getting past that fourth scoop, sure. If it had existed a couple of times, I mean, you think you're the dog team and for the 2015 or you know 2017, mm. but even go back to Drada when they lost to Dynamo Kiev back in the day, and that's it, you're done. Yeah, you're home yeah. well it's like that the year after 2016 and we lost some good players but we played Rosenberg in Trondheim yeah. and it was two, two, two good games aren't they yeah. both mm. won all went to extra time 118 uh, I don't know what minute it was but we lost late. it late on and to lose two one in extra time but that was the first round and you were out we have been in the group stages the, the previous year yeah. first round Rosenberg we weren't seeded we still weren't seeded then mm. so we had, even though we were in the group stages the previous year so now it's a situation where Irish teams are seeded now, mm. and that's uh, that's that's that, that gives us a great that chance. Things, yeah, it gives us a great chance. Yeah. Okay, I think we'll go to the floor. Does anyone have any questions? We've got Kieran here with his roving mic. If anyone has any questions for Stephen or for Chris, um, we have we have two. We have one in the front and one in the middle there. Okay. Um, thanks very much. I've really enjoyed the night. Um, question for Stephen. Um, I suppose at this stage in the game, and it's probably a very direct question. Um, with Danny Mandrew leaving the league and uh, Andy Lyon signing for Blackpool, in your opinion, um, which League of Ireland player is closest to a national team call-up? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll just add, in my biased opinion, Jack Bourne went missing in Daily Mount on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Take your <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yeah, the, you've you're uh, <laughs> you're in a, you're in a line with Johnny, you know, at the moment. <laughs> Trying the quiet questions pinning me to the wall on that one. No, but it's um uh you know, there's um we obviously had James Talbot in the last squad. Um and he was unfortunate, he got he, he got injured. He got injured, you know, he hurt his shoulder just just in a seven aside game, no no contact. Just he just landed the way he dived. So he was uh, James in the last squad. So there is a lot of players, obviously some good players in the under-21 squad uh, that we've had over, over the number of years. So um, I, don't, I don't want to start pulling out, picking out players and then it's, you know, it's, a, it's a headline tomorrow that you know, he's the next player in and so forth. Um, Shamrock Rovers now obviously um, have uh, you know, a great platform in the Europa Conference League now for good matches and players to... They've a very experienced squad, and uh, they've you know a good chance of uh, playing a lot of very high-profile games um, in the league. Michael Duffy, I think, is a really outstanding player, to be honest. Which and he's just been very unfortunate. He broke his leg, 
and uh, he he is someone who, um, if he got right, you know, is is capable of playing at you know a very high level. I know Chris, you played him, you know, he was he was very good. Brilliant. Wasn't he? He's just one of the most natural natural footballers who loves playing football, and that's the show is when he's pl- like, and Mickey never gets injured, and then this year he had that, but he has come back strong. It was good to see him score on the weekend and. Yeah. When he's when he's in full flight, it's brilliant. The dairy lads were like, "Are you? You suppose you'd be retiring soon?" You were like, "I'm. I'm actually quite young here." <laughs> Dean Jarvis thought Give the context. Was, yeah, this yeah is. Dean Jarvis thought he's like, we were rooming together in Spain, and he's like, "Oh, what do you do after this year?" And this was in 2018, so I was only 27. <laughs> <laughs> I go, <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, well, hopefully, hopefully, Gaffer will keep me on." He goes. Yeah, how old does that make you then? Like, how old do you think I am? He goes, you like thirty three or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only like two years younger than me. <laughs> Football ages here. We go. There's another question yes. to the to the front there. Hi lads, great show so far. Thanks. But uh, just a question for Stephen. So, say for as a manager, motivating the team and stuff. Obviously, you're. The team you're playing for Ireland, it's a big deal. But say, say, say playing Portugal at home, it's a big event in the Aviva. Is it a lot easier to motivate the players for that big, those big games as opposed to playing Azerbaijan, uh, one of the lesser teams? And do you have to think about it differently playing a big team compared to a, a lesser team, or is it the same process always? Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, I think it. You're playing for your country, it's a huge privilege, huge honour. Um, it shouldn't matter who you're playing in regards to the, the motivation. Um, I do think it's easier to motivate the, the, the whole element of motivation or intensity. If we're talking about with motivation, you want to bring a level of intensity. It definitely is in, in full stadiums as opposed to empty stadiums. Uh, it's 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 um, it's definitely nearly like it's a different sport. It's not a different sport, but it's, it's you know it's 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 not comparable. You know, so the 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 crowds to tap into the the energy of the crowd, you know, as a motivational force can be quite strong. And I think to to for, to really to, for players to feed off the energy of the crowd is special. And uh, you know, I think that's. Um, so I don't, you know, I, ho- I hope I'm, I know on one hand they might say, you know, our performances against Portugal, you know, in Belgium recently and beat Scotland, for example, as opposed to drop points against Azerbaijan and, and Armenia beat us. So are we not as motivated? That could be one of the questions. But I wouldn't say that was the case. Uh, there, You know, there were other reasons. How good a feeling is that when, you say, the Serbia game, when you feel the swell of the crowd and the goal and... Like you're the manager and you're celebrating a goal in front of fifty thousand Irish people who are buying into this and there's a great noise and like it must be one of these like out of body experiences where you're like Jesus, this is really happening here. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is, uh, you know, it is. It is very special. But um, so it gives you the motivation to to want to experience more of it, mm. you know. And that's you want bigger nights and you know, obviously, uh, you know, you want to you want to experience. That regularly, that we you know when we're coming out, everyone really the anticipation of a home game, mm. and uh, that's really special. And to try and to try and win a home, then win those games at home, and then and then ultimately 
qualify for a tournament, which is, is then the next big thing, which you, you want to qualify for the Euros. That's the major objective. Owen in the front. Looks like a plant because we know him, but I mean, maybe he is. Here's Ceausescu again. Like, you know. I'm going to have a question for both of you, kind of a two-part, if that's all right. For Chris, what were like, the key components and the key sort of attributes that Stephen brought to you as an individual and I suppose as a group to help make you so successful? Because obviously you had different managers up until that point. And then for Stephen, after that, you talked about like your time at Longford and coming up. Would there be a massive change between you at Longford to you now or would you still have the same philosophy, the same approach? Obviously you've learned a lot and things evolve, whatever, but um, yeah, just... You for so Chris. Me, uh, with Stephen, it was just, like I said earlier, it could be hard on me, but I needed that. But another thing Stephen was very good at was he was, I was quite young when Stephen came in, so he was good at like telling me to watch other players. And that can be a hard thing to do for players because they were playing in my position and they were more experienced. So I always looked at what Stephen, and more especially, it was Rory Higgins. When I was young and Stevie got injured, I had an awful habit of coming towards the ball. And as much as Stephen would tell me, try and come away into space, bad habits, you just followed them. And until it was actually, I was on the bench and Rory was playing ahead of me. And for the match, you just watch, I just watched Rory's movement, or Rory, Rory's movement. And it just became so evident of what Stephen was trying to portray to me, but in my own stubborn hand, I was like, God, well, I'm doing all right, until you see it from the outside and looking at Rory. And that was good that Stephen had these good players around him to tell the younger players, watch and learn off the more experienced pros. Stephen, your response to the second question? Second question, which was, again... Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. How about change? Yeah, yeah change? just from long for today. Yeah, like. yeah. Someone else, you know, it's a hard question to answer. But I think, listen, you have to adapt, 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 you know, you have to constantly adapt. I've had to adapt and change and from 4-2-3-1 to playing 3-4-2 on a 3-5-2 because, um, and so you constantly have to adapt. And if it didn't, you'd be, I'd be dead. You know what I mean? You constantly have to evolve. And, um, you know, and... That, it's not that I believe in that system more than the other one. You know, I just believe in the system that the play, that suits the players best, you know. We talked about that game uh, against Jim McLaughlin, Johnny, you spoke mm. earlier on. Like, I actually played 3-5-2 in that game. You know what I mean? In, in my first ever game. You know, and Roy Evans was had it in a, it was a big thing in Liverpool around that time. Well, again, it just was suited the players. Mm. I, I couldn't get wingers at the time. I love wingers. And I, I couldn't get wingers. Mm. And with us... We have a, we have, we weren't we're not producing wingers at the moment, and you know with Chidozi has sort of come on the scene, and you know that's terrific for us. And Callum O'Dowd has been injured a lot, and he, he he's another one. But it was um, we had all these centre backs emerging, and you know so it obviously made sense. The uh, so you do you constantly have to adapt, and constantly have to, and um, you know so no you. I'm with the same. No, I'm not. You've got to constantly, constantly adapt to new technology. It's kind of, you know, and um, so you know, and, and the the background teams are so much bigger. Um, you know, I suppose it depends. Are you, you the know. same person? Well, uh, I'm twice twice my age than you know when I started. So. <laughs> So, like, we all change, you know, we can't, we can't always be, you, you, you want to, you, you think you don't change, but, like, you, you, you know, obviously with, with, with um, 
you know, you, you, with age, of course you do. That's, that's part of them with your life experience. You change. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think if you, the day you think you can't learn anymore, you're in trouble. Mm. You must constantly learn. And I, I always ask questions of all my all staff because, um, and colleagues because, you know, you're constantly learning. And I feel that I'm constantly learning. And that's, it's critical. You know, it is critical. And that, that's, that's um, you know. The main person must be asking staff, is he going to stay on? Like, you just have to do all these regurgitation. And they all, they all, they're, they're all progressing in life. Any other questions? On <laughs> the front, yeah, we have a couple more questions. We're going to have to do, like, maybe three more questions, guys. We're going to have to wrap it, I think, so, yeah. Stephen, we've seen a, a good few players go from the League of Ireland now over to Serie A, Serie B, Liam Kerrigan, uh, James Abankwa going over. What do you think those players, if they're not going the traditional route, if they're not going from League of Ireland or even from DDSL over to England, instead they're going to Italy, Spain, wherever, what do you think they can learn on the continent? If you, In other words, rather than learning it in England, do you think is there, is there a difference there? Could you could you have settled in, in in Italy easily enough? Could you? See, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting because we, we think that they're highly technical leagues, but Serie B and actually Serie Serie C. CNC is a very, very physical league, tactically uh, very, very physical, and uh, it's it's a it's a tough league. Serie B, obviously, where the players, some of the players are going to, um, it'd be interesting. It's a learning curve for talking about learning. I'm, I'll I have to learn about that myself. Are they good moves? I would have thought France would have been better uh, than Italy, and, and and maybe Belgium or Holland, you know, because Italy Serie A it's so tough to. get. The standard is so high. Are the players going to play at those clubs? AC Milan, Inter Milan, um, and Udinese. Although Festi, Evaselli, and James Abanco went straight into the squads and on the bench mm. and so forth. So Festi's come on. So maybe different Festi, but the the uh, like clubs in France, for example, are, are France is a young league. A lot of young players come into the teams. Uh, come out of the academies, come into the leagues. They sell the players on to the the bigger leagues then. But a lot of young players make it to France, Belgium, young league, uh, very high tempo, high intensity league, the Bel Belgium league. Uh, games are very open, teams really going at each other, um, believe it or not. Um, the Dutch league, the, the, you know, it's difference in standards in top and bottom, you know, teams in low blocks against teams dominating possession. Um, so it's uh, Italy, it's a learning curve, where that's going, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? To be honest, I don't absolutely know where that's going. It'll be interesting to observe it, to learn from it, and hopefully it goes it goes really well. well. We have two more. We have one up here. Is anyone further back? Because I'm conscious a lot of the questions have been from the front couple. Of Kieran, we'll go back, actually, I think, if possible, yeah. Just one for Stephen. Um, <laughs> who was the best player you ever managed in the League of Ireland? Oh. It doesn't have to be Chris Shields now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, no, it is. It is very, very... Uh, it's a brilliant question. It's hard, hard very hard, because how did I find the most talented, probably the most talented in terms of natural talent, I would say, would, would be Paddy McCourt, you know, who was 
it was just frightening. Like every single day, you just, you know. And I think he would do better now with the league move to summer and, uh, you know, the, the way the technical, you know, and back in the, you know, you never, you could adapt to 4 4 2, but the fluid nature of the systems, mm. he would be even better now, you know, because he, he was. Uh, he was very, very special, um, very, very special talent. There's no mm. doubt about that. Um, the uh, and and now the way pre-season trainings are, he was he wasn't he, he, <laughs> he was he wasn't he wasn't at the top of the group in the running in pre-season. But now the way the pre-seasons are, where you just it's all about your ability to get short, sharp, to you know we 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 check modified. That time about learning, you know. You know, and that's the preseason trainings. You know, we go from say the four-four minute runs, which was traditional, to to really sprinting on the first day of preseason, and um, and the ability to repeat speed is the is the key, of course. Um, so it's it's uh, you're constantly constantly there. But the players, some great players in all of the teams that I managed, um, Longford. Um, Eric, Eric Levine, of course, right, was a good goal. I was a great player, you know, great player. But no, some some great players. Ladies yeah. absolutely loved him. When he came <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, he had never seen the lights. No, uh, only, uh, obviously, yeah, some 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 terrific players in Longford uh, in that in that period that people wouldn't know as household names. But obviously, Alan Kirby and Shani mm. Prunty were good wingers at the time. Yeah, uh, good midfield players, Alan Reynolds and. Stuart Bourne and all those players are terrific. In 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 the uh, in with Bohemians, Kevin Hunt was an amazing player. Glenn Crow was just mm. phenomenal. I was manager at Bohemians when Glenn Crow was capped. Actually, you know, I was seen at the national and we were mm. in Europe doing well. And he, he was he, we won the league and he, he scored. Uh, you know, we got Player of the Year. He was terrific, terrific player. You know, he was an amazing player, uh, goal scorer. Kevin, Kevin was 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 amazing. Two great wingers and Bobby Ryan and Mark Rutherford, who were Brighton at that time. Mm. Um, at you know, at all the clubs, like you know, but Dundalk, obviously, uh, some great players and uh, some tremendous. Obviously, Daryl Horgan went on to be a full international, you know, and and uh, Andy Boyle went on to be a full international. You mentioned Bo- Bobby Ryan, like, um, and this this is the mad thing about like. Doing the match program and you interview players about goals they scored and he scored a goal in Belfield and I think there's one other member of the audience who would have seen the goal. It was one of the best goals I've ever seen live. It was like a, a half volley from I think it was Barry Rhymes in goal, maybe missed the clearance. And Bobby Ryan got this goal from it must have been 40, 45 yards, half volley. And I asked the guy interviewing in the program to bring it up, this goal, and he said, I don't remember that at all. And I was just like how like I would I would have dined on that for twenty years like <laughs> and Bob, Bob, like Bobby Ryan genuinely didn't remember the goal I could not believe it like. mm. the um, it'd be difficult to you know so many player good players are difficult to pick a best player to dog wouldn't it Hogs like, Hogs and Mickey stand out because they had you off they had you on the edge of your seat they yeah. had you off your seat when Mickey in eighteen and Daryl in sixteen right? and Robbie Benson wasn't bad either Patrick McElhenney yeah. was special uh, dirty and, mm. and Dundalk you know really really special um, and uh, Steve and O'Donnell and, and, and Chris as midfield players were, were, were really uh, outstanding uh, you know? Chris 
Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, have we one more? I think, I think we're done. We're I think up. we're done. We're half nine. I think we're really appreciative. I'm sorry. I know a couple of other people had their hands up, particularly up the front. I'm sorry about that. But um, I think we've, uh, Steve has been very good with his time. Chris has, been, Chris has been exceptionally good with his time. <laughs> Chris is gonna, he's got he's to drive home tonight. Got nah, I'll go in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's all good. But listen, I really thank everybody for coming along. Really that was uh, Stephen Kenny. I guess the one thing that people didn't see there, Dan, was uh, the great man's body language throughout it. Uh, it kind of staring me out of it at times, as if my line of questioning was uh, was a bit uh, left field. But a uh, great crack altogether. Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, listen, my favourite part of that is undoubtedly. Will you listen, Johnny? Will you? Yeah. I mean, that was like. Enjoy that. I mean, I'm I'm doing this show for a long period of time, as I mentioned, and like. You know, I sometimes get a little bit frustrated with you. You know, I and then I feel bad about getting frustrated with you sometimes. Um, but to see Stephen Kenny get frustrated with you in front of a live studio audience uh, was kind of funny because uh, you know it's 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 just part of the experience, I suppose. Sometimes that like you like to sort of take things in a direction, and Stephen Kenny is someone who I think when he's I don't think I'm speaking that a term by saying it, but I think like when he does his press stuff, like he, he likes to be considered or to have a degree of control. Yes. You know, it's, it's always one of the things with uh, with Kenny, even with Ireland stuff, like if there's a bit of noise in the room or there's something happening outside the, in a restaurant, like I remember with the dog stuff back in the day, a bit of background noise and stuff, it wouldn't be mad. So I think just your way of just taking things somewhere quickly, very quickly is just for him a bit of like ah and uh, rather than internally processing it i think to just get it out there and just see yeah you know, a bit of the kenny personality you can imagine him he was just snapping there i like it but he did i think he came up to you after and said uh oh, you know sorry for me it was a bit harsh you know? yeah he actually did various uh, measure yeah, like the people won't realize this is the one thing about the, vis- the visual and the audio that there was one terrific moment where i was talking and asking a question but he was, although he was sat next to me on the couch, because the people who weren't there, like you might have seen some of the pictures. So like it was you on the left, Chris Shields, next one over, then Stephen Kenny and then me. But like he was staring intently at you for like 30 seconds while I was talking. Yeah. Which I don't know, was that unnerving for you at that stage? Well, it was very like, unnerving. I think 30 seconds might be a stretch, but uh, yeah, it was. It was kind of maybe like... Five. Maybe yeah. Five. I think if I if I were a footballer um, for Ireland, I, I wonder how I'd work under his man management. He just stares me out of it as I give the ball away. Um, uh, I, I I would suspect that while he would like you, your name wouldn't be on the next squad list. You know, <laughs> I didn't really like, like me then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might like you as a person. Just like, he's just not sure if that's the influence they needs. You know, for harmony in the group, if he wants a degree of understanding. But now, listen, I I thought it was. Um, you know, we played out a couple of the questions as well, too. I mean, that was pretty much the full recording. We it was it went on for quite a period of time on the night, and people were, were sort of patient enough uh, with that. But I think there was a, it was a, a room that was pretty much quiet because they were happy to listen to him. My clobber as well did invoke one of the um, the more, uh, shall we say, um, more honoured members of the uh, the crowd to compare me to Alfie Moon. And I was so tired at that stage of the show, I actually kind of... The frame reference um, didn't really, like, it didn't hit me at the time, but wasn't a bad shout, in fairness. Who's Alfie Moon? He's your man in EastEnders. Yeah. Um, it was, it, see, I, I said to Decky and Collar and Cuff, I was like, that wouldn't be a shirt now I'd normally go for, but then I just thought it worked. 
Yeah, I, 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 well, I mean, what people don't realise as well is that you liked your clobber from collar and cuff so much that you, you also wore it on Saturday night uh, as well as Sunday. Like, you decided to break it in. And Monday. The, the day before the show. And Monday as well. It was just yeah. like, it was like, generally, you, know, you, you get some nice clothes and you just completely overwear them because you like it so much. Like, on Saturday, I saw you, you, you like, come into sort of, I was doing a few drinks on Saturday. And I was like, Jesus, like... <laughs> You look very well, Johnny. Like, you know, this is like you made a real effort here. And then I realized, yeah, I was like I, mean, I must admit, like, I thought it was just like there was a lot of risk attached with that, you know. Bit mm. of rain on Saturday, white runners, you know, or sort of light colored runners, bit of a splash, you know, or you know, a couple of drinks are taken, or you know, a bit of food ends up on the coat or something. You managed to hold it together reasonably well. But um, Stephen Kenny held it together reasonably well too. He did. Um, he did. Um, and, uh, he did. And yeah, we we uh, guests to have in. And as I said, next week we will we will play out the chat with Shields, Webster, and Doyle. It's just with our lawyers at the moment, and um, <laughs> we just have to figure out if uh, some of the more loose uh, loose loose discussions um, can figure. I I feel like all of that isn't going to make the cut, Johnny. I have to yeah. say, yeah, we like. You know, I mean, I feel it's, it's like where we have to say to people, maybe you just have to be there to some degree um, for elements of it. But we'll try and leave it in because I think um, there was some there was some good laughs. But um, we'll play that out next week without going too much into it. And um, by next week, what will have happened in the world? Well, I mean, yes. Grover's would have played one Europa League, Europa Conference League game. Um, we are speaking on Tuesday. Uh, I am actually... I, Heading on holidays uh, myself. I mean, you have to go on holidays at some stage, I suppose. And uh, I'm going to miss uh, work over the next week to ten days, and might be missing the sort of fallout from the shells pat thing, which I think is is due soon enough, um, possibly even on on Tuesday today. Um, but I'm not entirely sure about that. You have this situation where it appears that Adam McDonald of Sligo Rovers played while suspended. In this a, is 20 years since off. Paul Marnie, I just uh, found out today. So there's yeah, always invoking yeah. the Paul Marnie spirit here. It, it does sound... Have you been, I was away yesterday, Dan. I kind of half missed this. It does sound like rather messy. Yeah, well, I mean, Sligo Rovers have put out a, a thing basically saying, um, you know, that the, there was communication from the FAI uh, was, you know, didn't inform them of Adam McDonald's suspension. And, like, the media list, um, the media list that was sent out did not include Adam McDonald, but I, I don't think that the clubs are, I could be wrong. Um, and I don't know, like Slag Rowers of legal representation, so they may be able to present the case, but I, 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 I didn't, I don't know if the clubs can say that they rely off that list as their sort of arbitrary. Like I, I remember at the start of the season being in the, um, the Pats manager's room uh, a small one in Ballyulster, but they had like mm. Tim Clancy and the staff had like a yellow card chart on the wall of this. Now, in fairness, they probably it's like Rose probably knew Adam McDonald was suspended, um, but maybe like the, the kick-in date seems to be some confusion. Obviously, that game was refixed for Monday night. Stephen McDonald was obviously unhappy uh, about Sligo Rovers getting advantage for getting knocked out of the cup and, and having ten days to prepare or whatever. But as it happens, maybe it's led to some kind of I don't know. The suspension situation just sort of slipped under the radar somehow. Um, but I, I mean, I do appear that the rule, I think it does say in the rules that the onus is upon the club to ensure that a player is not under suspension. So uh, I think Sligo Rovers are going to have to, they're going to have to present a strong case about their communications, I think, to uh, 
to avoid a punishment from from what I can gather anyway the 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 weather forecast out there in terms of maybe predictions about where things might stand but I don't know the case will will, will, will sort of come out and we'll see but um yeah that's 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 basically the the crack I mean beyond the the Shamrock Rovers situation like what are our standout fixtures this weekend we've got Derry and Bowes on Friday I suppose we should mention you know the Bowes resurgence last week under Pender and Crawley you know can they back it up that's probably the the obvious question um Shelburne Sligo Rovers Again, like, you know, what will the mood music around both of those clubs be, depending on how various cases go this week? UCD Dundalk, um, Drawda and Pats. I mean, Pats are in great form uh, since getting knocked out of Europe, to be fair. Dundalk have sort of slipped a bit. And, and I mean, every game's a big one for UCD. And then Shamrock Rovers and Finn Harps on Sunday. And I think we've also got Derry City and Sligo Rovers next Tuesday what about the first division it's, Johnny it's, it's a, giving you a bit of hope yeah it's a, it's a big weekend because Cork City travelled to Watford and it does look it certainly looks like Cork if they're not bottling it they're wobbling badly their form just hasn't been great and even I think when they beat Cove um, according to Shane Keegan like Cove probably should have gotten something out of that game so Cork's uh, performance against Longford unbelievable goal by Dylan Barnett as well by the way um, and and how good is a goal like that look in Turner's cross and um, that's given hope to go United which will be probably uh, relinquished very soon when they go to Cove Friday and don't win on current form themselves they don't look like they're actually up to uh, reeling in Cork City but the, basically the long the short of it is uh, go United now have there's a strong chance that he's back in their own hands and um, because I'm not sure Cork are going to get Anthony in Watford Treaty v Bray Cove v going out, as I mentioned, uh, Athlone v Wexford, who battled back for a great draw against uh, Watford, albeit didn't play that well, and the aforementioned Watford uh, play Cork City. So it's it's a big, big weekend uh, in the first division. Shamrock Rovers as well, Dan, just looking at it, this is obviously the easiest game that they have um, in the of the six in the group, and your gardens are still odds-on in places. That is the challenges facing Shamrock Rovers, so they're going to be outsiders in every game. This is the easiest one, but your gardens are like, generally an odds-on chance. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. They were very, very poor on Friday, I thought, by their standards. But I expect they will leave that behind. I'm not um, I'm not really disagreeing with you, but on what basis do you say it's the, is it, it's the easiest game because it's the lower-seeded team and they're home to them, right? Because I'm just not sure what difference there's going to be between the three teams that they're playing. You may, you know, you may like, be right. You will imagine getting to be the best. Know, like. I, I, I guess on seeding, you're, you're correct. You know, um, but like, I don't know, looking at like Ghent, I don't know. I mean, they've beaten Anderlecht last week, to be fair. So away from home, so that's a, a pretty strong result. But they've had some dodgy results otherwise to start the season and the previous round in Europe. So it's sort of, they're hard to figure out. I mean, Malmo, or sorry, Malmo, Jur Gardens are more advanced in their season, as are Molde. So yeah. you think they'd be pretty strong opponents. You kind of wonder, will the Ghent away one next week? be one that actually you know that they, they the, in, in theory that's the hardest team but in theory it's the hardest game in the group by seeding away to the top seeds yet you kind of wonder will the difficulty level be be similar it's it's, it's actually very possible um that would be the case um but uh, the one other little bit of business we have to sum up as well is we did have a quiz question last week related to this game it was can you name the player who scored against um against Jura Gardens uh, for Shamrock Rovers 20 years ago? The answer was Stephen McGuinness and the quiz winner, uh, I think it's Ralph Ross, is our winner this week. Uh, he's Lovely. Got the, 
good stuff. So um, there we go. I actually just see before we, we, we sign off on a bit of uh, Instagram comments, uh, Seamus Daly, is it a prerequisite to have those Alan Cawley, Richie Sadley or white trainers to be a football journal in response to our clobber on Sunday? I mean, it's a... Well, this was De- this was Decky's doing. Like, um, Decky unfortunately couldn't show up on the night, but he could have been there to answer various questions about uh, our clobber because that's not the look I would go for at all. The Alfie Moon thing, not so much. Wouldn't wear those trainers, but uh, I actually they're they're growing on me. It, it is a football look, Dan. It is a football look. I think yeah, I might be slightly to blame because I was in first, and there was a choice of like the 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 the, the white and then like a more traditional brown shoes. But I was just like. Do you know what we're trying to do, Johnny? We're going to, we're creating a vibe that we're a little bit more relaxed, you know. Yeah, this is more relaxed, casual. Yeah. It's a more casual evening, you know. And like, but but like in saying that, sometimes you're thinking, yeah, is it a bit like you sort of ex-pro look as mm. opposed to like slightly more, you know, journalist and broadcaster uh, type look, you know? But listen, I don't think there's any complaints. I mean, obviously, apart from Seamus's complaint there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we listen. If you want to see Johnny wearing his clothes, look out around Dublin Tuesday, Wednesday. There's Thursday a good chance I'll be wearing the same clothes. Um, you know, give yeah. me a response. And but we'll be back next week. We're both actually doing a little bit of traveling, doing our bit for the, the climate. But listen, yeah, there. Um, by, by uh, going on a, a few overseas jaunts. But we will be back next week to uh, we'll have a little bit of a reflection on the in the Rovers game. Hopefully, we find uh, legal or illegal ways to watch it. Uh, and then we will uh, yeah we'll be back to tee up Shields Webster and Doyle this time next week yeah I guarantee you it is worth it Uh, it was the first half to show and uh, there were lots of laughs that'll be next week and uh, just to reiterate again thanks to everyone who showed up and also thanks to people who uh, sent um, their messages that they couldn't go but they definitely would have gone because we are as we said at the show a great bunch of lads thanks for listening